Happy 4th of July weekend where we celebrate our nation's independence. And hopefully we celebrate and worship God for the independence He's given us from sin and bondage. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Next Sunday, as we said earlier, we'll be back in person at Amity Elementary, July 12th. Hey, if you're new, we'd love for you to click on the link on the, uh, on the screen right now to plan, to plan your visit with us at thebridgecitsy.com slash visit. That'll help us kind of prepare for you and be ready to meet you and greet you and your family if you're new. Come on out. We'd love to have you with us. We'll be taking precautions, putting out some information about that in the coming week. Also, uh, you can give this morning online at thebridgecincy.com slash give or text uh, to give the number on the screen. That's what Holly and I do. We text to give. It makes it very easy. And so we want you to continue to give. As I begin this series, uh, not begin this series, but get into the message for the series again, God of the Valleys. And just like Holly saying, he is still God of the Valleys. And uh, each message, if you'll notice, I've been preaching something, a battle or something that's happened in a valley. Imagine that. I'm preaching on valley passages about God in the valleys. Uh, I'm, I'm a smart guy right there, ain't I? But uh, this week, we're going to talk about a valley full of trouble. A valley full of trouble. Have you ever felt like you were in a valley full of trouble? So I'd like for you to turn, if you will, to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 through 25. Now, I've preached from this text before on breakthrough. But I'm coming from at this passage from a very different angle this morning. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles, or you can see on the screen... 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 25, reading in the New King James Version, reads this. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, and the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim is the giants, the valley of the giants. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Belperazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Belperazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away, idols. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, and the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the beautiful time in worship, the very uplifting presence of God and the songs that you gave us. Lord, I ask God you to anoint me now to preach forth your word, not, not in word and tongue only, but in power and in deed. God, I pray you speak right through me and that you would let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. Let a fresh anointing be upon us. Bring a great awakening and a revival to America. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel and the world. 
May this COVID-19 virus die and be eradicated from the face of the earth. And Lord God, we pray you get all the glory and the praise for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you're at home, just say a good amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. High five somebody right there in your living room or right in the chat area. Just type in, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yes, I am ready. I've heard of stories like this one. Joe Christian hears of an unbelievable investment opportunity in an oil well scheme out in the Middle East. He takes $100,000, all of his savings from his business and from his own personal monies. He puts it into the account just knowing that it's going to be great. He is uh, just totally convinced and confident of this because of an elder in his brother-in-law's church. And Timbuktu said he had a word of knowledge. Well, it turns out to be a Ponzi scheme and he loses all his money. Then in order to try to cover things up and make his money back before he loses everything and his family finds out... He borrows another $100,000 on a, on a high-rise apartment complex that's a can't-miss deal, only to have it see it be condemned and lose all of his money again. Now, he has depleted all his money from savings. He's another $100,000 in debt. His wife is furious. He is destroyed inwardly. He realizes that he's made a bad mistake. He shows up to church, and he says, I'm under satanic attack. Please... Pray for me, I'm under satanic attack. But I want to tell you that there is a big difference between being under a satanic attack and being under a stupid attack. I know that Holly and I have done stupid things in the past. One time we got a credit card that thankfully only had a $1,000 limit. It got to be late in November. We thought, man, we really want to do Christmas for the kids and we want to do Christmas for everybody we know. So we just had a big time. We went out we kept charging that card, and we ran up $1,000 for Christmas. We had the greatest Christmas ever. <laughs> and then the bills came in. And it took me to the next October to pay off the previous year's Christmas. We weren't under satanic attack. We were under a stupid attack on our own selves. There is a difference between being truly attacked by Satan and having to deal with our own stupidity. Uh, we've also heard of other stories of true satanic attacks. This is a true story I was told one time where a man was accused of sexual misconduct. It was proven later down the road. It was a 100% false accusation. It was dead wrong. But during the process of him being accused of this, he was hit by a drunk driver and put in the hospital for several weeks. While he was in the hospital, his wife was diagnosed with cancer and also put in the hospital. While they're both in the hospital, while he's under investigation of sexual misconduct, their house burned down. Folks, that's not a stupidity attack. That is a satanic attack of a great nature. That's like a Job-like satanic attack. There are satanic attacks sometimes. There comes those seasons in life where everything you touch falls apart. 
I mean, every doorknob you grab, it seems to fall off in your hand. Everything you try to do just goes bad on you. Every tire goes flat at the same time. And that is when you can begin to say, legitimately, I am under attack. Have you ever said, if one more thing goes wrong, then I'm going to lose it? You ever been there before? Or I just can't take it anymore, God. And you get mad and you shake your finger at God and you say, God, right, what else is going to happen now? What else are you going to let go wrong in my life? You ever been there before? It's not a good place to be. Have you ever had your wife come to you or your spouse come to you, your husband, and, and you just look and you say, today is not today. Or maybe to your children, your kids, you say, I just dare you to say one more thing. Have you ever been there before? One more phone call, one more text, that's it, I'm checking out. This is about where David is. Sometimes it is nearly impossible to discern the difference, listen to me, between satanic attack and living in a fallen world. Sometimes things just happen because we just live and it's this life. Sometimes it is truly a satanic attack and it's very hard to discern the difference sometimes. All you know when you're going through hell, it seems like, and everything's going wrong is that I'm hurting and I need some relief and I don't think I've been all that stupid. I can't see where I've made a bunch of stupid mistakes and yet all this stuff is still happening to me. And it doesn't matter whether it's a satanic attack or if uh, life all just went on the fritz all at once. You find yourself crying out to God first in agony, then in anger, then if you're like me sometimes, an embarrassment and of, your, of, of being childish and immature towards God as if somehow it's God's fault. Finally, you come to a place, hopefully, where you pray, God, I know you're a God of the valleys. Help me now in my valley full of trouble. Perhaps you're there today. I, I encourage you to cry out to God and say, God, help me. You are still God of the valleys. No matter how gloom, doom, and despair it may seem, no matter how bleak it may look, you are still God of the valleys. And I cry out to you and I ask you to help me. God, help me in my valley full of trouble. That's the title of this message, a valley full of trouble. In our text, in Verse 17 through 25, what, came, what, what David did not need, I want you to give, a, give you a little background here. What he did not need was another attack. <laughs> His army is depleted from a terrible civil war between Saul's house and David's house. It's been going on for almost a decade now. They're exhausted. They're tired. They have just finished a battle with the Philistines. And the last thing they need is another problem. He and the entire army needed to rest. They needed to refresh themselves. They needed some peace. They needed some time to become a real nation, unified again with a real army. They're exhausted. You ever been to the place before where you just, it seems like you've, you're battle weary and about the time you think, okay, we just defeated the enemy here. We're going to get a day's rest. Also, here they come back again. Here the problems come again. Here come the phone calls and the emails. Here come the text. Here comes the boss calling again. He's like, what else? Can I just get a moment's relief? Have you ever been there before? A real army is exactly what the Philistines were and what David and his army was not, not at this time, point in time. Their tents were spread out in the valley of Rephaim as far as David could see. They were, as, they were well trained. 
They were well equipped. They were a ferocious army and they were not waiting for David to rest. They were out for blood. Isn't that what Satan tries to do to us? You wake up one morning and you find out that your bank, banking information has gotten stolen. Your, your identity has been stolen. You've, you've, you've had to deal with ID theft and you start the process of going through shutting down accounts and reopening to get a call from the school that says your child has been suspended. To later on in the day to find out your spouse says, I'm separating from you and I'm moving out. To where the roof starts leaking, the toilet starts overflowing and there's a mess everywhere. The tire blows out on the car. The boss tells you at the end of the day, you may lose your job. And when you get home, the dog bites you. Folks, there are days like that. If you've never experienced a day like that, God bless you. But I've been there before, maybe not those exact examples, but I've been there where it seems like Job, where it's like bam, 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 one thing after the other, after the other. You think, what else could possibly go wrong? Satan tries to overwhelm us with a valley full of trouble. The Philistines were ticked off because they were defeated the first time and it was a surprise. David and his little ragtag group of army was very small compared to them and not as well equipped. And David and his men whipped them and boy, they're mad. And this time they're coming out for blood. He had defeated them in the first round, but realizing he couldn't really chase them because his army was small and exhausted, he took their idols and he burned them up. Not, well, I'll get you, I'll burn your gods up. I love that. So now here come the Philistines, back in full force, vengeance in their eyes, and man, they're ticked off and they're ready to destroy David and his army. David had a valley full of trouble on his hands. In verse 23, your Bible says in our text that you saw that God said to David, you are not to attack them again. He said, I want you to circle behind them and hang out in the mulberry trees until I tell you. Now, I know if it were me, I would be thinking, and I'm thinking David is probably thinking, but Lord, what good's that going to do? Because uh, all they got to do is wheel around, pin me against the trees. I got nowhere to go and they're going to destroy me. There are times that God will give you instructions in your valley full of trouble that will make no sense logically. They'll make no sense in your mind. They, you, you will think even your friends and family makes, it will say that doesn't make sense. But you must obey what God says. Now, God says attack from there, but wait until I give the signal. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the tree, I want you to hear the battle plan here. Go hide in the trees behind them, and when you hear the sound of marching, know that I have gone out before you, and you will see my power in the valley of Rephaim. Now imagine if you're in David's army. I mean, come on, David. We're going to march all night, hang out in the trees, and wait for some noise to blow through the trees? Are you kidding me? This is the battle plan? I mean, I, I can just hear some of the guys. David, let's just do what we did last time. It worked last time. Let's do it again this time. Because he defeated him the first time in our text. I, I could just see, David, are you, are you kidding me? Some of his mighty men, are you kidding me? You're going to march us all night on no sleep and expect us to fight again the next day? I mean, I can just hear it over and over and over. And David, I believe, probably said, look, I have heard from God. And we're going to do what God says and we're going to do it His way, and we're going to let God worry about the results. I'm telling you, we need to hear from God. There are three keys to victory in the valley of Rephaim in a, in a valley full of trouble. Point number one, or the first key to victory in a valley full of trouble is this. Be aware of the timing of satanic attacks. So important. 
One preacher said it this way, satanic attack is an opportunistic disease. Boy, he really is. It hangs around and just at the right time, boom, bam, he gets you when you least expect it. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, So that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. We've got to be prepared in our marriage and our relationships concerning our finances, our health, our jobs, our businesses. Be prepared for an attack from the enemy. He is not going to just let things go by the wayside. He will try to attack. He'll try to sucker punch you when you least expect it. Lucifer is no gentleman, folks. He will cleat you in the face and beat you with a bicycle chain if he can. He loves to pile on the hassles and the trouble to try to wear you down. It's one of his favorite tactics. Song of Solomon 2.15 says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards. Know this, the devil will release ten little foxes in your life uh, to one pit bull or one wolf to try to devour you. It's those small things that just keep adding up. And it's that where you get to the point, one more phone call is going to put me over. One more text and I'm throwing the phone in the ocean. One more email and I'm going to commit Harry Carey. It's the little things. It just piles up and piles up. It's one of his favorite tactics. He loves it. He loves to pile on. You know, a guy's out. His car won't start. The battery's dead. So he's trying to jump it in the process. He scrapes his knuckles and bleeds on his pants, his nice pants that he should have taken off. But he was in a hurry and thought he could jump it without a problem. And now he's got to go in the house and change his pants. He realizes while he's changing his pants, he's got blood all over him, that he's late for an interview. But he can't call him to tell him he's going to be late for a much-needed job because his phone is dead. So he goes over to the neighbor's house to call. He makes the call. He comes back. He realizes he's locked himself out of his house. He comes through the basement window, realizes one's unlocked. As he comes through, he scrapes his knee, hurts his ankle. His wife comes home at that time from the grocery store, spills some eggs in the floor, drops the carton of eggs in the floor, breaks them, yells at him because it's obviously his fault. Folks, have you ever had days like that? I'm being real here. Have you ever had days where it seems like it doesn't matter what you do, it's all going wrong? Here's the trouble. That, all of that combined, is not the satanic attack. It's just the valley where the satanic attack happens. Now that is going to make you shout, I'm sure. <laughs> 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and so of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 17 in your text that we read earlier said, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came, all of them. There are times in our life where we get in valleys where it seems like we got one or two problems and we get through okay. But then there are times, there are times, I need you to look right at me, there are times where it seems like everything is going wrong. All the Philistines have showed up to give you a problem. Have you just gotten a promotion or are you getting ready to get one? Are you about to get married or have you just gotten married? Are you pregnant, waiting for your little one to come into this world? Or maybe you've given birth to one? Brace yourself. Are you on the verge of breakthrough in the church? Are you on the breakthrough in your church of seeing breakthrough in the city? Brace yourself. All the Philistines are coming and they're going to throw everything they got at you because the devil knows what's getting ready to happen in your life. 
Be prepared. Here comes a valley of trouble. God is a God uh, who will give us His Word. Get a hold of God and rest on His Word. Hear what God has to say. David, listen, is exhausted from a civil war that has gone on. He has run from his for his life for decades now. Over 10 years, probably somewhere around 20 years, he has run for his life. He is tired of sleeping in every nook and cranny. He is tired of hiding out in caves. He, it's just one battle after the other after the other, and there seemed to be no rest. He saw the Philistines come to Rephaim, and I'm sure David said, Great! Here they're back again. Now there's fire in their eyes. Now they're madder than ever. Newly crowned. Listen, David was on the threshold of his greatest days. And it was on this threshold of his greatest days that he had a valley full of his greatest troubles. If you are faced with all kinds of troubles right now, know that it's probably a prelude to your greatest days are ahead. David was getting ready to just take the... God was getting ready to exalt him and bless him. And basically, David whipped the world. He was getting ready to fly high. He was ready, getting ready to go to new heights. God was getting ready to promote him to greater things. But before he got there, he was dealing with his valley full of his greatest trouble to that date. Know that if you're in a valley full of trouble, it's probably meaning God is getting ready to promote you to some greater things than you've ever seen in your life. Be encouraged. Hallelujah. In fact, just type in the box, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Satan will choose any opportunity to attack with vengeance. The second key to victory in a valley full of trouble is listen to God. That's right, listen to God. Type it in the box. Listen to God. Type it right there in the chat. When you're in a crisis, hear what I'm saying now. When you are in a crisis, you think you don't have time to seek God because you've got to deal with the crisis. But actually, you don't have time not to seek God. There is no time that you and I need to hear God more than when we are under immediate pressing attack. If you are in a valley of trouble, the thing you need to do first and foremost, you and I both, is stop what we're doing and hear from God. Notice, David whipped them the first time, but he didn't go out and just automatically charge the hill the second time. He stopped and he said, let me hear what God has to say. We must listen to God. Verse 19, the Bible says, your Bible, when we read it in our text earlier, it says, when the Philistines came against him the first time, David inquired of the Lord. Very key in verse 23, the Philistines attacked the second time and we read the same thing. It's the same army, same valley, second to go round. And the Bible says that David did not operate under old orders. Well, it doesn't say that literally. That's me saying that. But it does say he inquired of the Lord again. In other words, David didn't say, well, I already know what God told me to do the first time. So automatically it's going to happen the second time the same way. He didn't think, well... Uh, I'm going to do things under the old orders and what God said. He stopped and he inquired again. He prayed again, God, what do I do about this enemy coming the second time? Sometimes the most dangerous idea is one that actually worked before. Why? God is a God full of wisdom and answers to all our problems. We will never exhaust God's resourcefulness or His creativity. 
David could have easily reasoned that God, having told, having told him to attack the Philistines, I'm going to use some football terminology here, straight up the middle the first time, would say, well, obviously, if he said straight up the middle, attack him the first time, then straight up the middle, attack him the second time. But perhaps the Philistines had seen that play, and now they're prepared for that straight up the middle attack the second time. Or maybe they had a bigger and better army in place the second time. And straight up the middle is not going to work. Or it could be that God wanted to bring a victory a totally different way this time. At any rate, God has His own agenda that we need to find out about. Let me talk to you about football for just a second and use this as an illustration. It's late in the game. Your team's down by five points. they got to go down and score a touchdown. They come to a crucial third and seven. They're a little indecisive on what to do. The quarterback will do what? He'll call a timeout. He will walk over to the sidelines. He will talk to the head coach and the offensive coordinator. And together they'll talk about what the right, correct play is to get a first down so they can go down and score and win the game. I mean, they're not going to get the ball again. It's do or die time for them. He goes over there. A good offensive coordinator or a good head coach will know the right play to call at the right time. They get the play in, they execute it to perfection, they get a first down, they march down, score a touchdown, and they win. They get the right play at the right time. I want to tell you, there are times in life when we're in a valley full of trouble that we need to call a timeout. We need to go to the sidelines to our prayer closet and talk with our head coach, God, who always knows the right play at the right time and say, God, what do we do about this? Get the play, come in. Obey it to the hilt, and you'll come out a winner every time. Listen to me. God always knows the right play at the right time. Always. Take a time out. Get in your prayer closet fast. Hear from God in His Word, asking God, what do I do about this valley full of trouble that I'm faced with? Learning to allow God to be creative as He wants is a great key to victory in a valley full of trouble. God told George Mueller, the great preacher and famous orphanage director in England, to pray for his needs and never ask anyone for money. Now, that's wonderful, but that's not a law. And making Mueller's story into your story may cause, cost you God's creativity that made both elephants and ants. God does different things with different people. Just because God does it one way with one person doesn't mean He's going to do it that way with you. Amen. He will do things differently. Aren't you glad that you're so unique and He loves you so much that He'll do things different with you than He will anybody else? Allow God the creativity, the same God who created elephants and ants to create a different solution for you in your valley of trouble. He prayed the first time, the enemies came, and He heard God say, attack immediately. He prayed the second time, and his enemies, and he, and he, uh, when they came, and he heard God say, circle around and wait. Now, I have a question for you. What's God telling you this go-round? What's God telling you with this issue? Have you stopped to pray about your valley full of trouble? God has an answer for everything. Look, and just because you defeated this one thing in your valley full of trouble one time doesn't mean it won't come back. You may have defeated lust in your life, and now all of a sudden, here it comes back again. You may have defeated pornography in your life, and all of a sudden, you're faced with a valley full of pornography tempting you again. You may have, you may have defeated uh, addiction from whether drugs or alcohol before, and now here it's tempting you back in that valley again. Just because you defeat the enemy one time does not mean it won't come back a second time. 
but we can walk in victory both times. We saw that in the text. David defeated them both times. Listening to God and obeying is the key to success when faced with a valley full of trouble. And that leads me to my third key to victory. And the third key to victory in a valley full of trouble is this. Get God's timing. So we got to listen to God. we got to be prepared and understand when Satan attacks, point one. Two, we got to listen to God. And three, we got to get God's timing. There are two equal and opposite errors that must be avoided in obeying God in a valley full of trouble and both concern timing. Listen very closely. Some people having no patience but actually hearing from God concerning what to do will race out never knowing the answer to the question when. They'll race ahead without finding out when. They just, well, I heard from God and boom, all you see is the dust of your feet. Some people, on the other hand, with are more cautious. They delay obedience until the window of supernatural opportunity is no longer open, and that can happen as well. Success is nearly as much a result of timing as it is obedience. So let me give you a couple of stories to illustrate. A young preacher told a seasoned minister that uh, God had spoken to him in a dream that he was going to be a crusade evangelist like Billy Graham. The wise seasoned minister said, well, why don't you ponder that in your heart and just let some time go by like the Virgin Mary did. He said, well, it's too late. He said, I've already rented the Civic Center out for the next week. The week started off slow and then came to a screeching halt. He started off the first night with 30 people. By the last night, there were zero in attendance. In an arena that sat thousands of people, the young minister, the young preacher was left with a huge bill. That is called an expensive uh, price to pay on timing. It's an expensive lesson on timing. <laughs> Who wants to have to go through that? He rushed the timing of God. It may have been 30 years down the road that God wanted that to happen. But by the same token, there are moments when God calls for immediate obedience and later simply will not do. A pastor was in his study and he was studying. He looked out the window and he was watching this guy operate a bulldozer in his parking lot. He was kind of uh, moving some dirt around in a parking lot they were adding. And he felt prompted by God to go out immediately and share the gospel with them. And he immediately he got up and obeyed. And he's, as he's walking out, he's thinking, well, what's the hurry about? He came out, run up, jumped up on the dozer, boldly witnessed to the man. The man asked for prayer. Things were great. He thought, well, okay. He came back into the church, sat down in his chair in his study, looked out the window to watch the bulldozer uh, fall off a steep cliffside of the parking lot and killed the driver instantly. Folks, if that preacher had not obeyed God instantly, that man would have gone to hell. He obeyed instantly and the man was saved. I, I want to tell you, there's some times that we need to wait and then there are other times where we need to press ahead. Only the sound of marching in the mulberry trees did David attack the Philistines. Knowing the will of God and being willing to wait for the timing of God are two totally different things. So how do you know when God is telling you to go and when to wait? Maturity. Maturity is the answer. Just type in the box right there, maturity. Maturity. There's nothing more maturing than experience, and there's no way to get experience in a hurry. A cabbie had this testimony one time that he got John D. Rockefeller in his cab, and he thought, well, I'm going to ask some financial advice. <laughs> So he said, how can I make good investments? Rockefeller said, make wise decisions. He said, well, okay, that makes sense. He says, well, how do I make wise decisions? Rockefeller said, experience. He said, okay, well, how do I get experience? Rockefeller said, unwise decisions. 
There are times that you just learn not to touch the pot that's boiling hot with your fingers. And then there are times that you hear from God and God directs you through them. We need to make wise decisions. There's no shortcut to learning the difference between hearing attack up the middle now and go circle around the trees and wait for God to move first. And that is learning the voice of God. And in order to learn the voice of God, you have to spend time with God. Let me close with this amazing story. Mark Rutland, one of my mentors and heroes of the faith, told me this story. He and five pastors and an old missionary were in Mexico on a mission trip. It's one they did regularly. The next day they were going to go to prison and they were going to preach the gospel. Mark Rutland was all set up to preach. He was prepared. The old missionary said, man, I just feel like God is dealing with me to go out and find a village I heard about 10 years ago. I'd never even been to the village. He said, I heard about this village 10 years ago, Koinonitos. And he thought, I, I got to go find this. Well, Rutland said, man, are you crazy? Wait, you're you're going to go find a village you heard about 10 years ago? We were supposed to go to the prison and preach the gospel. What about the prisoners? Well, they got kind of in a debate about it, and the missionary said, I'm going. Rutland said, and he said, you can stay there. And Rutland and the pastors were like, we're not going to let you go alone. I guess we'll have to go with you. Rutland testified. He said, I, I was furious. Well, they got in the car and they drove over the mountain in Mexico in the desert in August. They're driving. Rutland testified to me. He said, I was, I was angry. I, at this point, I was rebellious. Why aren't we going to the prison? They had been in the car for some time, for hours. And uh, the old missionary said, I feel like we're close. Rutland said, you've been saying that for eight hours. We've been driving, looking for this village for eight hours. It's hot. It's the desert. It's August in Mexico. What are we doing? The old missionary said, I, I feel like we're close. And he saw three ladies on the side of the road. This is a true story. Spoken straight to me from Dr. Mark Rutland about what happened to them in Mexico. He said, we see three ladies. Let's ask them. I feel like we're close to the village. They pulled up. Dr. Rutland said reluctantly, I asked them if they knew where the village was. Without saying a word, the three ladies got up, dusted their dresses off, opened the sliding door to the van, got in, shut the door, sat down, and Dr. Rutland and the missionary and the pastors just kind of looked around like, what just happened? One of the ladies said, oh, thank God you're finally here. This is a true story. They're looking like, what are you talking about? They said, there are only three Christians in the whole village and those three are us. We were at a prayer meeting last night and the Lord told us, go out by the highway and wait. I'm sending people to build your church tomorrow. They said, we have sat out here by this highway for eight hours in August in Mexico in the desert. We have been waiting eight hours. When they got to the village, Dr. Rutland said they had taken shovels and they had drawn a line of the parameters and boundaries of where the church was going to go. They were prepared for rain. Wow. That is amazing on the voice and hearing from God. The ladies heard from God. The old missionary heard from God. God connected the two. And supernaturally, Dr. Rutland helped build the church there in Mexico. Wow. Let me ask you something. Do you have the kind of faith to draw out the boundaries of your dreams, even though it seems like there's no hope right now? Do you have the courage to follow the voice of God, even if it seems crazy? Sit by a highway in the desert in Mexico, wait for people I don't even know to come by. 
Maybe you're on the other end. You want me to go find some village and do what, God? Whatever it is God is telling you, follow what God is saying. Get the timing of God. Suppose the three ladies had waited or the old missionary, they would not have been connected. They had to do it on the same day. Suppose the ladies had got tired of waiting after six hours and said, well, what's the use anymore? They would have missed what God was going to do. Don't miss the timing of God. The timing of God seldom agrees with our natural senses and almost always goes against our logic. To attack when caution seems called for or to delay when victory seems right in front of you is very hard to do. But let me leave you with Revelation chapter 2 and 3. God is speaking, writing to the seven churches. And at the end of each section to each church, He says, Hear what the Spirit is saying. Hear what the Spirit is saying. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. I want to bless you right now. I want to pray for you. I want you just to bow your heads and I want you to receive this prayer. And I want you just to pray on your own as I'm blessing you. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Look, when you're in a valley full of trouble, the answer is to hear from God and obey and get the timing of God. Notice that if David had circled around the mulberry bushes and, or trees and then just came out and attacked, he would have lost. He had to wait for the timing of God. I believe there's things that God has put inside of you, dreams, visions, directions. But you're waiting on the timing of God. You've heard from God, but maybe it's not time yet. Maybe you've heard from God, that's your spouse, but it's not time for the marriage just yet. Maybe you've heard from God, You'll have a child that you've been desperately wanting, but it's not time yet. Maybe you've heard from God, you're going to win Deer Park, you're going to win the city to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's not quite time yet. Get the timing of God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray in Jesus' name you would bless each and every person. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that we would all hear clearly from you. God, that we would not be caught off guard by the surprise attack of Satan, that we would understand the timing of Satan's attacks. But God, in our valleys full of trouble, I pray you speak to us right now. Give us direction, God. Speak to us even if it goes against logic and doesn't make any sense. And I pray, God, that we will know the timing of God, whether it means step out and go right now or whether it means wait until we hear marching in the mulberry trees metaphorically, what, whatever it is, God, I pray that we would hear your voice. I pray, speak. Speak your word into everyone listening right now. May you, may you pour out your spirit and peace upon every single person now in Jesus' name. Oh, great God in heaven, I pray, Father God, that you would guide and direct and that you, we would be so clear, as obvious as a nose on our face, your timing to do what it is that you have told us. And for these things, we'll give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're watching me and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Bible commands us to repent of our sin and turn to God. I'm going to say a prayer for you. If this is you, I want you to pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all my sins which means I turn from them and I turn to you. I ask you to wash me clean in your precious blood. Come into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior.
Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If that's you, I would love for you to text the word BELIEVE to the number on the screen. We've got some tools and some things we'd like to put in your hands to help you in your journey with Christ. It's the greatest decision you will ever make. God will always speak to you, lead you. He will help you through every valley of trouble you've ever had. Look, when David and his little ragtag army fought against the Philistines, even the second time, they were way more, they had way more people. They were well more equipped. They were ferocious. They were everything you could want. But David, because God was on his side and he heard from God and listened for God's timing, defeated them. If you're new with us, watching online for the first time, we want you to text the word CONNECT to us on the number on the screen. We want to reach out and connect with you. Hey, we'll be back in person next Sunday. We're looking forward to it so much. Again, you can uh, uh, sign up and, and uh, fill out the page. That, uh, click on the link and uh, let us know you're coming. We'll be prepared for you. We bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.